All right. We are late, it's but we are live. Late? No, an Ashaman is never late, nor is he early. He arrives me. Precisely when he means to. We can go with that. That's what we're going with. No, you didn't hear that somewhere else first. That is a Black Tower original. Period. End of story. I don't care what anybody else says. So just put that in your dubby drink mixer and drink it and slurp it. I did. But yeah, only because did. she smiles at me. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not talking about W today, but one thing we are talking about, Wheel of Time. We are the Black Tower Podcast, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Andrew. I mahale the Bajons and Bajon the Mahales and poke and prod. Do you see what I just did the there? When it requires. I, I just did our, our book fan gang signs, Wheel of Time. Yeah, that's right. What? You down with W-O-T? Huh? I was. Uh, <laughs> right. I just saw makes me want to go away forever. And I am Josh. I'm the Sauravon Mahale. Uh, I Mahale the Sauravons. That's what I do. I bring the just, cringe. Just for the Mahale of it. Yeah, I bring the cringe. I do. In spades. Like, hmm. Hmm. It's a little late, but uh, Merry, Merry Christmas, as I show something you can't actually see. There we go. <laughs> Merry Christmas, as it's fucking Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. But something that's not washed out that you can actually read and you should go and check out, go to blacktowerpod.com, and you can check out all things Black Tower Pod, which is us. So going over, yeah, check us out. Check it out. You can find links to the merch shop if you want it. You can find links to the Discord if you want to join it. Patreon if you want to be able to listen and, and watch live. All that stuff. We were just talking about maybe one or two things are going to do differently. We're going to have this Wolf Brothers here. down with WOT. <laughs> so. Sorry. Continue. You were we're, talking. we're never. We're never WOT. That would mean I we're all. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> you know. But yeah, com for all of your stuff relating to us. Go and check it out. And uh, let us know if you find anything that we could add or remove or you just think doesn't need to be. I don't care. Let us know. Give us feedback. Why not? Do it. Uh, do it. Do it now. Yeah. Or do it later. You know, we'll do it or while do you're it listening later. to this. And let us know what you I'm think. I'm not your dad. I mean, could be for the right amount. Could be. Could be. You never know. Uh, so BlackTowerPod.com, it's really awesome. It's got a lot of good stuff on there. Just like Andrew said, he's awesome. And he's got a lot of good stuff on him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, tonight we have, I think, kind of a fun topic. I think it's something that we haven't done for a long time. Um, but before we start chewing on that bone, do you want to do you want to protect our any listeners? Yeah, let's do a spoiler warning right about now. Welcome to the Black Tower, a Wheel of Time podcast. All right, let's check this one. Hmm. This podcast will likely be spoiling books one through... Oh, what's this? An envelope addressed to me. No name, though. Let's see what's inside. Oh, my. 
This podcast will likely spoil all the books in the series, and apparently being a Patreon will expose you to information that should be left unseen. Protect yourself by pulling that spoiler column all the way on. And I need a drink. That's way more of Andrew than I have ever wanted to see. Why would you braid it down there? Because I can't. <laughs> the spoiler warning works perfectly with what I the joke I made. Hi, that it do. <laughs> there you go. In order to see all the good things on Andrew being a Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, apparently. I don't even remember taking those pictures, but you know. <laughs> you know, Andrew, we do a lot of things we don't remember under the influence of the taint. I mean, definitely go with that. But uh, what do we got? What what are we talking about this, this episode? Well, tonight we're going to be talking about um, a very uh, specific role in the White Tower, right? Um there aren't many okay uh we've got you know we've got the omerlin seat and we... <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> we're both clicking trying to show comments at the same time. <laughs> oh we're off to a great start 2024 i love you so I, I I would generally never do it because I would always full screen to get rid of the like Streamyard's blaring like white background, and I found a plugin that turns the background dark, so I don't have to do that anymore. You know what? I'm a, I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave the comments to you. Yeah. Is, that, Is that a broken crap? <laughs> no. It's just broken. no. It's self appointed broken crown. So. You've got the White Tower, and in the White Tower, you have off a couple of the tops. There you go. You know he'll do it. Don't encourage him. Yeah, I look forward to it. <laughs> so you go into the White Tower. You got the Omerlin seat, Mother. You've got the Keeper of the Chronicles. You've got the heads of all the Ajas and their assistants and whatnot. But there is another role, and for many of you, you already know where I'm going to go with this. We're going to talk about the Keeper of or the Keeper of the Chronicle. Oy, oy, oy. Mistress of Novices. Good gravy. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this tonight, I promise. I just need a little bit more of this. Mm. Mm. Now, the Mistress of Novices is a very important role in the White Tower. Um, she basically is the... I don't know, overseer of the the no, novices, the new recruits. Um, well, she's, she's who has a penchant for the laying on of hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's responsible. Or I guess for laying on of switches or switches. I don't know. I mean, she's responsible for the the discipline and well being of the novices and accepted. Yeah. And uh, molds the girls into young women with a very forcible mold sometimes. Like old school, like this is the, like the kind of like misbehavior punishment that you, that like Robert Jordan probably grew up with like in schools or like very much at the tail end of. 
you know, back whenever like <laughs> teachers in the like American school system could like spank the kids for misbehaving. Yeah, oh. like whop out the big paddle with the holes in it. Supposedly, it made it so that you could move the paddle faster. I don't. I never bought into that. Oh, I thought that was always a frat thing, which ultimately was just an excuse for people to spank you for no reason other than to do it and say it was hazing. Okay. Like, yeah, okay, it still happens where they could legally <laughs> spank the children <laughs> in a purely disciplinary fashion. All right. You smut. Right. Not not all these nasties out here that somehow make it into the well, school system. Okay, but that's that's kind of a thing because okay, because okay, one of the biggest things about the mistress of novices is she does She's very heavy-handed with a switch or a paddle, right? That's like a main uh, aspect of her job is doling out discipline. And for some reason, which you know, I don't, I don't know what the reason is, but I oh, can give a it couple can guesses. Still happen. Yeah, in some place, yeah. it is not banned in Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Kansas. Uh, kind of Kentucky, uh, Missouri, kind of North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, and Wyoming. Okay, so a lot of the Bible Belt and Midwest. Well, but a lot of that you have to have like parents have to sign off and give consent for that, right? Oh, yeah, that's what I was just reading like Oklahoma and Tennessee. Uh, it's banned only for children, students with disabilities, unless a parent gives written consent. Yeah. What? Oh, and then there's it's like crazy. private schools. Oh, it's not banned in most private schools. Like Maryland <laughs> just Maryland and New York just banned it in private schools in 2023. What? Wow. Wow, this still happens places. I, I thought it was just like completely banned i was wrong. i thought it was i thought it was more of a threat than anything like i didn't yeah. know it was actually in practice yeah i mean most of the places that have banned it like banned it in like the the mid to late like 1980s early 1990s like rhode island did it in 1977 good on you what the hell freaking new jersey banned it in 1867 for both what? public and private New Jersey so ahead of, of the time. In the middle of like of us having our biggest like brother to brother fight as a country. Well, kind of tail end of that, I think. Um, <laughs> and New Jersey's New like, Jersey you know was like, you know what we need to stop? Whooping kids in school. <laughs> yeah. That's a battling. <laughs> Are they the only ones that yeah, they're the only state that banned it in the eighteen hundreds? Wow. Fucking I've never been I mean, hey. I've rarely been more impressed by like New Jersey. I, I mean, mean a broken clock is still Jersey right twice Shore, a day. So. They did Jersey Shore, so... Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Like more of an argument as to why you should be able to spank kids in school, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to be like New Jersey? No. Then bend over. <laughs> you want to wind up like Snooky? No? Okay. <laughs> uh, the terrible thing is a lot of kids are like, hell yeah, I want to be Snooky. They're no longer tangents now. I like this. Thanks, Jamie. They're, tip of, they're BTP side, side quest. Right? I love it. Well, it, yeah, no, we, are, we are talking about spanking because it's 
there's a weird... Well, we're talking about the Mistress of Novices. And in the books, there's like a weird amount of times in which the Mistress of Novices is just beating the hell out of a poor kid with a switch or a stick or a hand or a comb or a brush. I don't know, man. Whatever fucking kids get hit with in the White Tower. And there's there's a lot of it. Mississippi it, says it's banned, but only for students with disabilities or, oh, okay, special education plans. My little brother had one of those. I mean, he had disabilities. <laughs> has disabilities. But when you read special education plans, it makes you think that, like they send a letter home and be like, hey, we're going to help make sure your kid with ADHD pays attention by thwacking them on the knuckles with a ruler every time they don't. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I got to say, man, I'm glad that it was not in practice when I was in school because I would have got that shit all the time. Of course, most of my younger, like, school days was in Utah. So I don't think they yeah. did that. I did. I just went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> See, I really appreciate this article. Like, yeah, it's a Wikipedia article, but they used color coding like Excel sheets, which is I use all the time at work. But Josh, you saw a picture of like some of mine earlier. Oh, today. yeah. And you should see my personal budget. I put it in an Excel spreadsheet. That's just color coded. It's beautiful. Got one of those. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a flip. Well, not really. <laughs> it's because I mentioned like getting spanked in school for ADHD, and Josh went, uh, that's, a, that's a nightmare of mine. Yeah. No, I was in Utah, and they were just like, well, let's give him this test, and then we can put him on drugs. You need to pay attention him, or John Smith's going to be very disappointed. We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> oh, man. I hate, I hate how many times I heard that as a kid. <laughs> Do you want to... Are you touching yourself in there, Josh? Do you want to make John Smith cry? <laughs> it, it's Joe, but... Oh, Joe. I hear you. <laughs> Oh God! Joe, no, perfect. Mom, though. It was Jacob perfect. Jingleheimer Smith. His name is my name too. What is it? Matter? Yeah, that one. That's John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith. But you know what I mean. I think the Mistress of Novices used a belt at one point in time as well. She used a lot of things. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, we can do this. We can get through it. We can do this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mr. Some novices. But here's the funny thing. Here's kind of the funny part of the conversation, though, because we're talking about how she's she is the person responsible for ensuring that the novices are prepared to test for accepted. And then once they become accepted, they're kind of off the leash a little bit. Uh, they don't necessarily report directly to the mistress of novices now, but they're very, they're still very much under her purview. Um, but in the books, that's, that's like 50% of any mistress of novice scene is the mistress of novice doling out a, a paddling. Right. Oh yeah. Well, I think and so, so I know under one the the main one we see throughout the book, Shiram, um, 
she became a big fan, at least for Accepted. Um, I believe it was because it was after Elaine and Egwene make, make Accepted that they they get um, they get strapped and, and, and spanked less often and more so get like sent to manual labor. Uh, yeah, work to scrub pots in the kitchens because it was like deemed more like public humiliation stuff. Like it was more humiliating to see an accepted right. scrubbing pots in the kitchen than them getting privately, you know, spanked. Um, but um, I think it was uh, what was her name, Lars, the the main cook at the White Tower, Lara, Laris, yeah, Laris, yeah. She would uh walk around with like her big fuck off like wooden cooking spoon. And she was <laughs> whacking buddy wasn't cleaning hard enough. <laughs> like, I wonder Which if it was like perfect. one of those like la- like what do they call them the lazy spoons or whatever the ones that have the strainers in them like the the slots in them for them to drain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. Like, I wonder if it was one of those for speed and aromatics. <laughs> as, as Mater would say, probably. But um, the. the the Mistress of Novices does, when we start out in the story, when we first meet the Mistress of Novices, it is Shiriam Bayanar. Is it Bayanar? Bayanar. Yeah, Bayanar. Yeah. And she's the Mistress of Novices at the time. She is firm but fair, yada, yada, yada. And this is actually kind of one of the interesting things about... Um, translation from book to tv show you know i noticed a lot of people were complaining that you know oh why are the two rivers people different colors cool great whatever how come not a single person complained that shiriam didn't have bright red hair because in the books this is one of the few descriptions we get where they specifically say she had bright beautiful red hair And so wow. it's just kind of an interesting, and then another, as far as another translation aspect, sorry, as far as another translation aspect goes there, you can't really show spankings on TV without <laughs> a certain amount of like laughter, right? It's not something you can take very seriously, which is why I love how they did the scene between Shiriam and Elaine when Shiriam was like, who let you do this? And Elaine was like, I'll take their punishment instead. And Sherry, I was like, fine, you're going to be in my study, you know, and I'm going to put the switch to your back. And it's like, oh, okay. They found a good way to do it. That makes it, it's still sort of a demeaning sort of like put you in your place thing, but it's also, um, they also did it in a, in a way that you could take it seriously. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I mean, we're talking about it in the TV show. Yeah. Well, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about because in the books, you know, when they bend over and spank him on the butt, and like Robert Jordan was very, very specific that they were getting butt spankings. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you can't what, take where that else seriously. Do you spank someone? I mean, you could switch someone across the back or on the legs. Yeah, bottoms that's of the not feet. Called spanking. Oh, what's that's that called? Ca- that's Kinky? called abuse and whipping. Oh, yeah, no. oh, right. Not not to not, be confused it... with whooping. <laughs> whooping was just a really good spanking, but all that other stuff was 
maybe maybe across the back of the ledge you could, you could call it swishing. Uh, it's made me think of Ed, Ed and Eddie. Pink belly. Pink belly. Professor Pink belly. But um, but yeah, like in the in the TV show, like they just made her seem uh, more like an administrative caretaker. Like she just kept a log yeah. in the books of who came in and out, who was there. And who she was wasn't. stern. She was stern. But yeah, you're I, right. I don't I, remember her ever like coming down on anybody or sitting to be like, no, no, no. I could just be forgetting a scene, but the only real no scene problem. I remember her with is whenever Varen gets to the tower and is like, oh, you know, hey, could you check this? And Serum gets up and walks away and she, um, or walks away with yeah. her and the other Brown Aja uh, sister comes in and checks the book and is like, yeah, no, there's a record of these three novices yeah. leaving with Leandrin. Um. Yeah, no, no, I, I remember that scene, and that was really good. There was, but there was a scene. Remember when Elaine was moving all her stuff in, and Sherryon was like, "Who let you do this?" Oh yeah, oh. Okay. And she got all pissy with Elaine. Um, there was that. Then there was also like her sort of her sort of matronly side. I think I think they focused more in the TV show on the mistress of novices job as preparing the young oh, yeah. generation it was there for the testing yeah 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 I, and i think i think they focused on that and i think that was actually kind of a smart play i think that makes it a little bit more really sense blunt. for the tv like, show because yeah. like we know leandrin deserves the bluntness but like the way she just like looked and stared at leandrin and was just like naive wasn't ready it's basically just like yeah the like one of the two most powerful channelers we've found in like a thousand years is now dead because you pushed them right. and they weren't ready for. Yes. So well, and that's and that's and that's the thing. Like again, in Mistress of Novices, she has to take that as a personal failure. Like that's that's the Mistress of Novices L to take there because literally her job is to make sure that that does not happen, and. She was effectively peer pressured into it by by Leandrin, um, maneuvered into it by Leandrin, and uh, you know it didn't work out. Nynaeve didn't. Well, I mean, Nynaeve does come back eventually, but um, in the TV show at least. Um, but that's what I think makes it kind of such a cool role is that the mistress of novices can be easily dismissed as a, a babysitter, a glorified babysitter. But when you weigh out what's at stake for these novices and the future that lies ahead of them, because the life of an Aes Sedai it shouldn't be easy. Granted, there are many Aes Sedai like just fucking living it up. But it's a very difficult thing to become Aes Sedai. Whether or not it's very difficult to be Aes Sedai, it is absolutely very difficult to become Aes Sedai. And so Mistress of Novices is literally the job of preparing little young girls which i guess i can't say that because some of them stay there as novices for like decades um but it's to prepare them to test and become uh become accepted uh and then accepted can like we said we, their chores change they're a little bit different their studies change they can become better uh 
they can they can begin to specialize their training. And even then, you know, again, as an accepted, the mistress of novices is still there as a very influential role as a mentor. She goes from more of as more shoddy dropped in the chat there, you know, principal superintendent. She she kind of steps, takes a step back from that role and steps into a more mentorship role. And if anybody's ever served as a as a teacher or a mentor, like I would say that a mentor is more difficult than being a teacher because a mentor, you have to really connect with someone. You have to really understand who they are, where they're coming from, what kinds of things can inspire them, what kinds of things they need to succeed. And where you talk about the mistress of novices being someone who is a principal slash teacher slash superintendent to a whole group of people and then a mentor to a whole other group of people, that's a big job. That's a challenging job. I don't think that's for the faint of heart, even more so than just wearing the shawl. Yeah. Let me see also, like, uh, uh, I believe it's, yeah, it's by, like, Tower Law. Um, no one can tell the mistress of novices what reward or punishment to give. Like, they can, they can send... Uh, accepted and novices and everybody to, to to her for punishment or whatever. But, you know, if they get there and a novice is like, yeah, this is what I did and, you know, such and such Sadai, you know, S named Sadai sent me to you for doing this and Sarah's like, that's dumb. Okay. Dust my shelf and that's your punishment. Then that's it. Now she's not going to do that because that would undermine the authority of another sister. So she's not going to do that with a novice or an accepted. But you know she could, and uh, even the Almerlin can't tell her like, "Hey, I'm sending her to you for punishment. Make her scrub the pot." And yeah, the novices will turn can turn around by law and be like, "No, I'll make Don't her do whatever <laughs> I believe is fitting of her punishment." I would right. remind you by tower law not to interfere with me, mother. <laughs> like we and we actually get an example of this that. in the books. Yeah, because doesn't Elida try to like set and mandate what the punishments are? And that's and so and that's is like fuck off. Yeah, so she appoints Sylviana from the Red Aja Sylviana to Bray. be the mistress of novices when Shiryam because Shiryam leaves with the uh rebel Isidai going to Saladar. And Elida appoints a new mistress of novices because they do still have novices at the tower that they need to oversee. And she appoints um, Sylviana and uh, Sylviana Brayon. Brayon. Yeah. And Sylviana's a no nonsense, tough as nails lady. Like, you do not mess with Sylviana. And. What was it? The uh, well, I lost my thought halfway through. Oh, when Egwene comes back, and Elida's like, "Oh, I'm gonna make your life hell," and she's got Egwene going to Sylviana literally every day, and Egwene says, "You know, come at me, bro!" Like do your worst because I'm, I'm, I'm here to fix this shit and it's shit. And Sylviana is kind of torn between 
you know, Tower Law and what she sees as a real problem that Egwene is facing that everyone else is actively ignoring. Right? Um, so when Elida's like, you need to beat her harder, you need to beat her more, Sylviana eventually stands up to her and says, no, I will not break this woman's spirit. She's she's made of some tough stuff, and we need her in the tower. And Elida you know, eventually throws uh, Sylviana into prison because of it, because Elida's a absolute bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I was reading through something else. Um, okay, yeah, I was reading through something. So, uh, there's, there seems to be like a, a pattern or a trend of, um, mistress of novices moving up to the role of keeper not always but it's not a negligible amount i say negligible we know of at least two um because sirium uh gets moved up to keeper of the chronicles for Egwene and the, yeah. the rebel the rebel tower and sylviana uh briefly becomes a keeper of the chronicles under elida um until Elida, in her frustration no. at Sylviana not beating Egwene hard enough, no, uh, Sylviana is mistress of novices after. under Elida. Yeah, and then right, it's, when Egwene after, after when yeah. she stands up to Elida, yeah, you're right. Egu um, yeah, then Elida throws her in jail. Egwene comes in, becomes Amerlin, and then frees Sylviana and makes her the keeper. Yeah, it's a good it's a good platform. Like it's a good. Uh, it's a good position for upward mobility if you are so inclined. Yeah. A lot of responsibility and a lot of power. A lot of essentially unilateral power. As yeah. uh, Morshadi points out here, I mean, he's right. With few exceptions, it's required at least a lesser consensus of the hall to override mistress of novices regarding almost anything to do with her charges. Um... And in some cases, depending on what it is, it even takes like a greater consensus of the hall uh, to do it. And uh, it's implied that there are specific circumstances and scenarios in which no matter what the hall says, or even if the vast majority of the hall says something that the mistress novices can go, no, fuck off. Um, but like, it's a, that's a massive amount of weight to take on for the position because imagine being in charge of not just the disciplining but the care and progression uh overall like you know you're overlooking like the entire curriculum and tracking and training like you are the superintendent of the future of channeling from the white towers perspective it's you know only by your checkoff does somebody that comes to the tower to train get to even go to test for their their serpent ring for accepted and then with your sign off again do they get to go and test for the shawl yeah so i mean the the mr synopsis sign off for accepted testing for the shawl is far less important or needed than it is for novices to test for accepted 
because her chief focus um, and chief uh, right concern are the novices because there are generally just so many novices. But the acceptance still fall under there. Um, so, which, I mean, for book readers, I guess it's like a nice detail that the TV show included her going and, you know, curtailing and, and, and putting a stop to the lavish um, furnishings that Elaine brought with her for her. Yeah. Room. Well, which was already a bit of a change from the books because in the books, novices share a room with at least one other novice. Um, yeah. You don't get your own room until you're accepted. Uh, but there is still a difference because we do see uh, Nynaeve's accepted room is a fair bit bigger than uh, Elaine and uh, Egwene's novice room. So. But that's a massive yeah. amount of responsibility. Like, literally, you are responsible for disciplining and also, like, nurturing and guiding the future of channeling in the tower. But you're also responsible for, at least in part, measuring the power and aptitude of those that have come to try to learn so that those that can't quite cut it don't stay in the tower longer than is reasonable, but also you don't kick them out so fast they run off into the wilderness and get themselves killed. Right. So you got to be able right. to ascertain, like, you're not strong enough to become an accepted, but you've been trained enough to where you won't do something stupid unless you just go stupid and do something that winds up killing yourself or others. Um, so, like, in some ways, like, it's it's a harsh job, but in some ways it's, like, a bit of a mercy job. Like, um, someone in, in the chat, I think it might have been um, You Comes With The Wine, uh, made the comparison to like drill sergeants and training instructors, and so uh, I think more shoddy, yeah. Too. Um, where like they do the same thing, they're supposed to watch the trainees and pull out the ones that made made it through MEPS and everything got there but don't fit the service, you know, for one reason or right. other, whether it be psych or, or just uh, physical capacity or whatever the case is. And you're like, hey, this person's not really fit for service, they really like they've hit their wall. They don't, you know, they tried, yeah. but they're just not fit and got to remove them. Um, and then like and, signing off on everybody else. Like, yes, you can go on to your next level of training. Yeah. And like you said, that seems a little harsh, but at the same time, Mr. Novices has to be very selective about who gets to move up to the next step. Because you have you walk a fine line, right? You you, you have a fine balance between you we have a need. That's right. We have a need for more channelers, but at the same time, we have a need for more quality channelers, and we're just not getting the quality channelers that we need. So more and more women are being put out of the tower or burning themselves out or are just not strong enough to do it in the first place. And the mistress of novices has to like really face that harsh reality. Yeah. I mean, there's a pure strength requirement. I mean, I know not to give a too much sympathy to the military recruiters, uh, which yes, it's a hard job. Yes, it has to be done. And it's a lot by and large, a thankless job because y'all get all of the shit for, all the things that we didn't know we were signing up for, but you know, it's really not your fault, <laughs> but also we're never going to stop blaming y'all anyway. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
but just like the recruiters, you know, imagine you have that kid that comes up to you and it says, you know, oh, you know, my my great grandfather was a Marine, fought in World War One, World War Two, you know, my grandfather was a Marine that fought in like World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, whatever. My dad was a, my dad's a Marine, you know, I I'm gonna be a Marine. I want like I'm here to join the Marine Corps, and they wind up having like asthma. And you got to be the recruiter right. to sit there and tell them like, "Hey, yeah, sorry, you're at least through you, your family's legacy of of service ends." Now, you might have like legacy uh, channeling service in the Wheel of Time, but you know you got um, like Nynaeve's uh, mentor, uh, the Wisdom before Nynaeve, that walked all the way from Monsfield to the White mm. Tower to potentially train, only right. to get turned around and sent back because she wasn't strong enough in the power. And, you know, of course, at least in the show, Nynaeve, you know, oh, it's, they took one look at her peasant clothes or her country right. clothes and sent her away. Um, it's, it's that part's definitely a thankless job, especially because, you know, you got, you got to have plenty of these girls that come to learn and they're so excited to get accepted in to learn. And then a couple of years later, they feel like they're, you know, trying their best to make progress. And eventually that, you know, come to the creator uh, talk has to happen and be like, Hey, you know, you're, you don't possess the the strength capability to test for accepted. And if you can't move forward, then we have to, you know, exile you from the tower, which I mean, ultimately, you know, winds up forming uh, the kin uh, and everything. So thankfully by their own need, they, you know, they don't just get kicked out and have nowhere to go. They want up all a lot of them, or as many as they can catch, want up joining the kin. Yeah, but you know that's yeah a sucky yeah. job to sit there and be like, yeah, I know that you were really looking forward to this and you love this and you really want to be a part of this, but you just don't <laughs> fit. But nah. <laughs> yeah. But eh. well, and it's it's actually interesting because you know we've talked about the weight of this position. And, you know, we've already got the spoiler on it. So, and tell me, leave me in the, in the comments below or in the comments in the live here. Um, tell me if you had the same kind of experience. I always liked Shiryam. I, I, reading the books, I thought Shiryam, oh, dang, she's tough. Don't fuck with Shiryam. But she's also very good at the mentoring aspect the the encouragement aspect she's always really really good at that and in the end when Egwene got a list of all the black aja sisters and shiryam was a black aja i nearly shit myself because not only was one of my favorite characters a bad guy but also she was in an extreme position of power how many women were turned away because they were talented, because they were strong, but nobody could say anything about it because Shiryam as the mistress of novices was like, it's my show, bitch. How much damage was done to the White Tower in the decades that Shiryam served as mistress of novices? And that's, that's one of those positions that's high enough to be able to make an impact, but not so high that there's like valid suspicion. You know what I mean? Like when Elida starts making all these dumbass calls, everybody's like, 
Are you a dark friend? <laughs> no, she's just stupid and ambitious. Her keeper's a dark friend, though. But but that that became like a very terrifying aspect of the book, knowing that the keeper of the chronicles was such a powerful position. Keeper of the chronicles, the mistress of novices, such a powerful position, and there is no better place for a black Aja sister to be, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I think um, I think we find out that mistress of novices is one of the positions that the black Aja like clamored for to try to get as often as possible and keep as much as possible. But when we look at the, the known mistress of novices, like it, it also seems like a position that they weren't incredibly successful at taking. Um, because, um, the, so two mistresses of novices before Sirium. So we're talking about um, Marianne Redhill was a blue Aja sister, but she found it being black Aja. Then Sirium herself was of the blue, right. but a black Aja. And then you had Sylviana. And then after Sylviana, you had Katarine um, Alrudian, who was a red sister, but also black Aja. Um, so out of what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight recorded mistress of novices going back one two three four five six uh Omerlin seats before Suwon sanchi all the way up to a uh, Egwene. only three wound up being black aja so in terms of like success ratio thankfully like they they kind of failed but uh how long did sirium serve as mistress and novices like in the tower um i'm not sure we get a time frame i'm not sure how long she was let's see history I, I actually like where wolf brothers going with this because so she became the mistress and novices in 992 ne after suan was raised to the armorland seat so, oh, okay. She's only been the mistress of novices for six years by the start of the books. So she only serves as mistress of novices for six or seven years. Oh, okay. I was under the impression she did a lot longer than that. No, no, she was appointed by Suwon in 992 because that's when Suwon became the armor. And then, yeah, and then the book starts in what, like 998 or something? Uh, yeah, the book started in 998. Um, so it would have been uh, Sylviana becomes mistress and novices at the time of the fracture, so that would be 999. Any, yeah, because so, that's another thing that's another thing to take into account. The timeline of the book series is not very long. Oh, yeah, it's only it's only okay. two years, roughly. Beltane is the spring festival. So uh, Rand and Tam and all the Emmons Fielders are celebrating in the very beginning of the Eye of the World. They're celebrating the end of winter in 998. So the previous Mistress of Novices that was also Black Aja, uh, Marianne Redhill, 
um, was appointed under Noan Mazadim um, as the Omerlin seat, who became Omerlin seat in 950 in E and served until 973. And then Mary um, Marianne continued to serve as mistress of novices under uh, Tamara uh, Ospinia, who is, of course, the name we recognize from Tamara's searchers or seekers. Uh, being yep. the Aes Sedai that were dispatched to go and find um, the Dragon Reborn. She served only, what, f- uh, six yeah. years? Yeah, she died in 979, and she died as Omerlin, I believe. She, ta- uh, she was also one of the ones that was, if so, I'm not mistaken... She's also one of the ones that was like considered to be not great. Right? So well, what I was getting at was um Marianne Redhill, the last black Aja sister, she served as mistress and novices for 29 years. Because she also died in 979 any. Yes. Yeah, no, it's it, it's crazy. Like, I, I love that you point out that, like, no, 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 that is a very coveted position because it shows that the Black Aja very, very acutely understands the importance of this position. <laughs> so, yeah, of, of the recorded one, Marion is the, the, fir- the only, the first one that we know of that was Black Aja. Um, and I believe that's revealed by some of Varen's uh, searching and, and research and, and discovery. Because um, I think it's, I think it's like Egwene that finds out that she was Black Aja. No, it's in the Wheel of Time Companion. So it's not even there. The Companion reveals Marion Redhill as a member of Black Aja. So if we go. By you know knowing that the narrators we have in the books and the companions are absolutely correct and never wrong or misguided at all, uh, they're never infallible. Heavy sarcasm, heavy sarcasm. <laughs> um, before Sirium came into it, you had a Black Aja sister that was in charge of disciplining and guiding novices and accepted for essentially you know for twenty nine years, and then. <sighs> You had the next one that wasn't Black Aja, Amira Moselle, who went from sitter of the Red Aja to um, to mistress of novices. But she, when did she become? She became an Aes Sedai in 859 NE. And she served as mistress of novices during Siren Vayu's term as Omerlin. Siren Vayu was Omerlin from 979 to 984. So five years. Yeah, so Amira is Mistress of Novices for five years. She's alive until the end of the book. Well, almost. Um, she's last <laughs> mentioned in uh, in A Crown of Swords, but she dies in, in the year uh, 1000 NE. But she it's was starting to sound like a professor of defense against the dark arts at Hogwarts. I mean, we think it's just it's, it's like, dropping like flies. 
It's almost like a like um like the like the president's cabinet for the U.S. Like yes. you come in and you serve in the cabinet, but as soon as a new president comes in, even if you did nothing wrong, did your job well, you're done. Like the vast that's... majority of positions get replaced as a new armament comes in, and that's what Suan does when she comes in. Yeah, she selects a new mistress of novices. So I think it's kind yep. of understood that your your tenure as mistress of novices survives at longest for as long as the Omerlin who chooses you remains the Omerlin. Yeah, that's that's actually something that's common in politics around the world as well. Um, Australia works like that. Um, Russia works like that. It's really interesting that that one aspect of government doesn't seem to change regardless of which government's in power. Now, granted, there, oh, are, sir, there are more... There are other degrees. There are, there are more intense degrees. So Amira is... She becomes a sitter of the Red Aja along with Pavara and Teslin. Presumably... Um, well, no, she does this uh, in 985 NE to replace the three Red Sitters that were deposed and exiled for their involvement of the Red Aja in the vileness. You know, just the indiscriminate gentling of male channelers. And oftentimes right. death of male chandlers. And in 998 NE, around the same time that Logan is delivered to the tower, she steps down from her position as sitter and is replaced by Elida. So her stepping down opens the way for Elida to become a sitter, which then oh. opens the way for Elida to lead the the Inquisition uh, and disposition and stilling of Suan and Leanne. So wait, was she black then? Black Aja? Did you say that? No, no. But she was also one of the ones sent under Elida uh, in the expedition from the White Tower to kidnap Rand, and she winds up being killed in the Battle of Demise Wells. Haha. <laughs> I mean, that's oh. tragic. You know what do you get when you take <laughs> when you take a, a lonely man and surround him with a society that doesn't care about him? You get what you fucking deserve. <laughs> Wait, but, yeah, like so. You think the Battle of Demise Wells is funny? I do, and I'm, I'm tired of pretending it's, it's not. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, even her, like, she went really quick because she was a novice for eleven years and accepted for nine before being raised to the shawl. Like, that's a fairly, fairly fast progression or a reasonable progression, but. I love how, like, the well, and, one picture is, like, of her from the comics. And it's her with two long gray braids and a switch in her hand about to, like, thwack the shit out of her. <laughs> she gonna fuck like, some shit up. Red Aja, Mistress of Novices. Seems, seems about red. Why is it also see Amira Pendrag? <gasps> what? Is she a... For the, for the doll... Oh, okay, it's... Sorry. Amira and the daughter of Alter Pendrag Tonreal, they share the same first name, so that's why it's. Oh, name. that's not a good reason for a footnote. Yeah, just in case you're looking <sighs> for the other Amira. Um, right. Let's see. For the Black Aja, Mistress of Novices is a more crucial role than the Arm. Um, yes, Amerlin, because you can recruit, mold, throw out, etc. Oh, you read this earlier, didn't you? No, I did not. I oh. said it earlier, and Wolf Brother is has my back. He knows what's up. 
manipulate. It's harder for Black Aja to not be in the spotlight when Amra. Yeah, which is why like we see um, Alviarin uh, of the Black Aja like manipulating the Shadow Elida to the point where like uh, Alviarin is the one that sends Elida to Sylviana to be uh, punished. Yeah, but the interesting thing about that though is Elida's ambition, Elida's bombastic nature of handling things. I mean, she has all the subtlety of a sledgehammer. So it worked out really well for the Black Aja to have a Keeper of Chronicles as a Black Aja because, and let this be a lesson to you children, wherever you are, you don't have to be evil for evil to use you. You can just be dumb. But how evil do you have to be for evil to send you to the principal's office? I mean, you just have to be dumb. That's all there is to it. Look, well, if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. And I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But um, let's see. There was one more black Aja that comes after um, Sirium, and that is. Uh, Katarina Ludrin or Al Rudian, um, who was also of the Red Aja. And there is so much, so much known about her. Uh, like she had very long dark hair, hard eyes, and a sharp face. Hmm. Uh huh. Yep, that's what it is. Yep, yep. That's it. Well, well here New Spring Chapter 4 last appeared in Powers of Midnight. <laughs> 38. He is dead. Dude. She had a good run. Yeah. Love that's all. Physical description. Gender, female, hair, dark, very long, eyes, hard. <laughs> what happens when you stare at the Viagra bottle too long? Well, <clears throat> um, look, I love that the Mistress of Novices is such a pivotal position, and yet Robert Jordan does such a good job of writing it into the story, much like we view modern educators, modern martial marshers, modern educators, modern people who are in charge of educating the next generation of children. Whether or not you agree with their methods, whether or not you agree with the ins and the outs of the modern education system, the people who are responsible for educating our children are responsible for educating the next generation. And if the next generation succeeds, awesome. If the next generation fails, that's on the hands of the educators. Now, do I'm talking about school teachers? No, I'm not talking about school teachers exclusively. That's definitely a part of it. But... In this particular case, Robert Jordan has made a monolith of the education system as a whole for young people, and specifically in this case, in the book case, young people in positions of power. And when the person in power is corrupt, Best, you will get degraded success from the influenced 
generations. And at worst, you will get more evil. And I don't think this is accidental. I don't think this is a coincidence. I think Robert Jordan knew exactly what he was doing when he said, I'm going to make you love Shiriam only to find out that she's a villain. I, I think that's a huge trust check that he wove into the story on purpose to give us a sense of dread or should give us a sense of dread about who are we trusting with the next generation? And um, yeah, it's one of the things I love about the Wheel of Time is that even these minuscule details, seemingly minuscule details, are incredibly poignant and give us, I mean, head explosion moments. Uh, even, you know, 20 to 30 years later, we're still reading these books and going, wait, what? And, you know, those are my final thoughts on, on this specific topic, which is Mistress of Novices. Um, I think it's, I think it's a, a really great story point, and I really love... It also follows in the rule of three that Robert Jordan seems to like to write in. Right? He likes to have uh, a novice, accepted, Aes Sedai, Omerlin, Keeper of the Chronicles, Mistress of Novices, and then he likes to go over to Black Tower and say, Soldier, Dedicated, Ashaman, and we've got Mahail, we've got Sorabon Mahail, we've got Baijan Mahail. So... He likes to work in threes, and I really like to think that the Mistress of Novices is sort of the Amarillin seat for the novices in the White Tower. Sort of a hail out. I can see that. I can see that. No, I mean, I think it, it, it definitely is like a, a vitally critical uh, position. Uh, and you can see like how worried most generations are about the the training and education um of the the youth of whatever time um and you can see it in like the the mean kind of things where the boomers are just like oh you're stuck in your phones you're only going to be raised by your phones you're not going to know what's going on around you and then you like you look at pictures from like the 1940s 50s 60s and you just see people set in the park just with their noses buried in a newspaper not looking at what's going on around them and like uh, the only difference is mine uses electricity and has a lot more information than it. Yours is just a newspaper. But that's it. Yeah, but it, it inevitably goes on. I mean, you know, we we're already hitting the age where we say the same thing about some of the some of the stuff that people use and and do now, or and it's just the natural progression of things because it's new or it's different, um, and we're always going to be partial to what we think is best based off of how we were raised or how we were trained or socialized or whatever. But it is a, it is a truth um, of human history that if you can control and influence the youth of a nation, then you can take over that nation uh, in a, in a well, short amount of time. When you look at the historical perspective, I mean, all you got to do is wait for that generation that you've indoctrinated to grow up to be adults where they can make the decisions that affect the country or the nation that you're aiming to influence. And then, bam, you know, if they're already sympathetic to you and now that's when you start to push, then you, know, you can do it. And it only takes 10 to 15 years to really start making it effective, you know. So it's it's kind of scary at how easy or how 
effective it is once it's done. Uh, and that's why you see a bunch of people like complaining about TikTok. I mean, so worried about TikTok, and they're like, ah, oh, it's indoctrination by we're, some foreign nation. It's like, no, measuring no. the pupils of your, they're measuring the diameter of your pupils. No, they're not. So, Stop well, it. Yeah, they can fucking take the biometrics, and you can have my biometrics. It's not going to let you indoctrinate me. Um, but like, they think it's like going to show me more thirst traps. Is all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all it is. Like, there, there's no like propaganda in it i mean if anything if, if tiktok wants to fix something like stop letting anybody and everybody open a fucking tiktok shop i'm so tired of watching every every other video oh of somebody God. else trying to cash in and sell shit on a, their shitty ass tiktok shop and like every fifth person is selling the same fucking thing um i get really bored at work so i just sit there and scroll i got nothing else to do i was about to say by principle if i see sponsored or tiktok shop in the bottom left hand corner I swear, right. I don't even yeah, look. Let's keep going. Like I got, I got <laughs> that. And if it's like um, one of those uh, gotcha kind of things for Timu, I <sighs> try to thirst trap you into like download Timu and search for this code so that you can find some random person's nudes. And I'm like, do you not realize that like Google image search is free? <laughs> like, who's gonna download an app just for that? Like, no, the Google image search is free incognito browser exists if you really got to find it go look for it that way um yeah or go touch grass and find a partner i don't go know. touch do whatever grass. you want to do that makes you happy but uh mr sonava says shape in the future has a very unique hand and influence on the future of the white tower uh and hopefully uh moving forward in those that occupy the position under cat swain after the end of the books um decide to uh, really start changing some things about how things in the tower are done. Um, but that's top down and down up change strategy. So, um, maybe Serum is maybe the one next... that we get to see the most of. So, I think it's natural for her to be the favorite. Um, I was the same way. I really like Serum. I really hated it that she wanted to be in uh, Black Aja. But, you know, it, there was times in the books where it just kind of became a thing where, like, you really like this character. There's a 50-50 shot. They're going to be Black Aja or <laughs> So um, Robert Jordan did it before uh, George R. R. Martin thought it was cool. He did. So, he did it so many years before that. And in a better way than just having them die. So It's true. Heartbreak it's true. and then they die. But That's my final <laughs> thoughts. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to yet another episode of the Black Star Podcast. Let us know who is your favorite mistress of novices and why was it Sarium? What about her stood out to you? Uh, and if it wasn't, let us know why. That'd, that'd be awesome. Andrew's got a thing for redheads. I'm starting to I think. Mean, huh. <laughs> You're trying to get me hurt. <laughs> uh, Andrew's got a thing for fictional redheads. Go with that. Go with that. They can always be cosplay. Got you. Um, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so let us know what you think. Um, and, uh, what do you think of the traits that are needed to be a good mistress of novices and whatever your metric of good is, but that's going to do it for us here. Thank you all again for all of us here at the black tower podcast. I have been Andrew, your bougie mahir. <laughs> your bougie mahir. <laughs> bougie <mahir. laughs> And I have been Josh, the Soravan Mahale. Uh, I am the one who calls... I, you could call me the Tesla of the Black Tower with the way I'm tickling lightning. 
Oh yeah, what's up? Yeah, and right? thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for hitting the subscribe button and hitting the like button. Because as much as we like having you as a Patreon, we understand that times are crazy and money can be scarce. But hitting subscribe and hitting the thumbs up is an absolutely free way of supporting us. And we love it. We're grateful for it. And um, we hope that wherever you are, you've had a fantastic time listening to this episode. And uh, thanks for uh, tuning in for your weekly dose of taint. And we hope that it's made you just a little bit.